Turkana, which is a nomadic part of uh, Kenya. So they ministered there for several years, after which they moved to the Philippines for a while, and then finally to Thailand, which is where they are located now, uh, or they hope to be located soon. <laughs> That's where they are based now, rather. And in Thailand, they have been involved with um, young women uh, who work in the bars in the city of Patio. They also are involved in church planting and church strengthening in some of the rural areas from where these you know, women and these families come. And uh, we are so blessed to have them here today to share uh, what, an update on how God has been using them. And as Ken mentioned, if you would like to support them, uh, you have an envelope in front of you. Uh, you can uh, either you know, put cash in there and write Bridges to the Nations or drop a, put a check in there with two made out to bridges to the nations, and uh, we'll be happy to pass it on to them. So thank you for coming up, Randy and Edie, and I'm going to pray for them, and then the kids can leave after I pray. Let's pray. Father God, we just uh, thank you that uh, you are faithful, and even though this world has uh, gone through so many changes and lockdowns and restrictions, your work and your ministry has not stopped. In fact, you have opened up doors of opportunity to ministry through our missionaries, uh, even the Nelsons, in new ways in, this, in these uncertain times. And we just thank you for that. Um, we thank you for their faithfulness, for the faithfulness of their teams back in Thailand and in Turkana, Kenya, who are continuing to minister to their communities. And as they come and share now, Lord, that we pray that we would be strengthened in our faith, we would be um, encouraged in our own support of your work throughout the world. We also pray, Lord, for their return to Thailand as they desire to go back as quickly as possible and plug back into ministry that you will open the door to the right visa soon. And we also commit Randy's knee surgery that's coming up that you will have your hand of healing on him and give the doctors the wisdom. And we pray for a successful surgery. And I pray that as they come up that we would be built up in our faith and be encouraged as we hear from you through them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Oh boy, this is just a joy for us to be here, you don't know. This is actually, we haven't been doing much traveling, we haven't been going places here and there, we've been trying to follow the rules, so to speak, but, you know, like you, we just um, know that the time is unusual, but we do know that our God is greater than all of it, so that's where we keep our trust in the Lord, and we're so thankful for you. I, I want to take a minute because, um, and I hope you'll indulge me in this to position the right thing here, is to know that uh, Grace Bible Church and your partition, part, participation with us is, is so important, and it has been over the years and so faithful, and uh, even in times of uh, great need, especially in Turkana for famine and different projects and things. You've, you've been so generous and so supportive. And uh, wow, I just, I, I, I really say that uh, the Lord's hand and favor is upon you so much. And uh, when 
we uh, uh, are out there, whatever we're doing, we have to give, we give thanks to our, our, our team here in the state, so to speak, those that are with us. It's, uh, and more than just that, try to understand the, how God looks at this. He's looking down from heaven and seeing a people, a people who want to bring his kingdom to earth and, and we work together. We're not separated just because of the things that we do. We're, we're, we're one. We're one in what we do. So my thanks is along that line. My thanks is for you and all you've done for the years. Uh, and it's been really wonderful. And God has been so good with that because he's taken the, the efforts that we've made and multiplied it greatly. And I want to share that with you today. But uh, I want to... Uh, just thank you so much also for honoring us. Our 42nd anniversary is here. We had a wonderful dinner last night. No, what a great place to stay. I said, Edie, this is a real celebration. <laughs> this is like, this is like, uh, this is wonderful. We had a fireplace and everything. So, and no one knew. Only, only God knew that. So God is good. But thank you so much. You, you are a church that... Uh, Loves the word of God and you pour yourselves out for the Lord daily in it. You maintain and, and uh, I, I really, really uh, appreciate your efforts. You're going to see uh, that uh, in the days ahead, the Lord is going to continue to bless you in, in greater ways and in the days ahead. The word must stand strong at this time. It just has to. Amen, brothers and sisters. Can we just, we've got to maintain Stay with the word. Don't buy away from it. Stay with it straight through. The Lord will do what he's going to do. And we have to just do our part. So, so let me pray before we begin. Father, I just want to thank you once again for Grace Bible. Thank you, Father, for all that they've done throughout the years, not just with us, Lord, but their ministry to others as well, their missionaries, even Edie's family in the past, Father, and uh, their faithfulness to uh, serving and uh, reaching out beyond their own borders, Father. They love the world, Lord. They love the, 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 the people in the world just as you do, Lord. And uh, you gave your life for them, Lord. So we, we thank you, Father, that they are involved in reaching out to others beyond their borders here. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, um, I have a, have a host of slides to see, but I thought that that might be the best thing to do. But I want to read some scripture um, and uh, this is, I was, I might have even shared this last time, but I want to do it again because I felt like that in 2018, the Lord gave me this scripture. I just prayed and I just read this scripture. And I felt like, wow, I'm just going to stay with this for 2018. It's not a long scripture. It's, it's Psalms 23. You can turn there. And I want to read it together. I, I, uh, um, I want to say that... Uh, the Lord, I, I just feel like that the days that were coming ahead, we need to be encouraged, take all the encouragement that the Lord has through his word. And this is only one, there are a whole Bible from beginning to end, but this one here, I just really feel important. Let's start with verse 11, we'll end at 14. Uh, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. I say, wait on the Lord. 
I'm sorry, it sounds like I probably gave the wrong scripture reference and you're all bent as I was reading, flip, flip, flip. So Psalm 27, I'm sorry, I probably said Psalm 23, didn't I? Okay, well, forgive me. I, <laughs> I'll read it again. Okay, let's do this again. Psalm 27, verse 11 through 14. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a smooth path because of my enemies. Do not deliver me to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for these words, because... Um, as I review our history and everything that we've, the Lord has led us to, we started out, um, our first anniversary was in Kenya. <laughs> and uh, n- not the kind of anniversary that you'd want to have, perhaps, but it was a wonderful, wonderful blessing of the Lord. He honored us with 14 years in Kenya and uh, uh, led us into a fruitful ministry and protected us from the wilds of the northwest part of Kenya in a desert that, as we look at it these days, we continually say, Lord, your grace is not just sufficient, it is abounding. (laughs) I mean, you had to really do things to take care of us, for sure. And he did. And because of that, and again, we weren't experts at anything, no desert living experience, no special treatment in the sun, you know, uh, how to live without running water and all of these things. But we grew up in cities. But Anidi grew up in Taiwan, which even was a further step in a way in many ways. But he took the, we take the steps to do what the Lord does and then he takes care of the rest. And I want to encourage you with that, with every bit Every part of your life, no matter what it is, I'm speaking to you now from the other side, not at the beginning. I'm not the other end of it now. And, and uh, I would say for sure that uh, uh, take the steps that the Lord shows you and his grace will take you the rest of the way. And he will open the doors and things that need to be opened to you to accomplish his will on the earth. It's a wonderful relationship with the Lord it has been. I became a, a Christian in um, 1971, at the age of 21. And uh, I, uh, as a new believer, I didn't know about the will of the Lord, you know. And uh, the will was my will first, and then if that didn't work, then it was his will. <laughs> and, so, and so, of course, my will didn't work out very well. Even though I was a believer, I wasn't really listening and following the Lord. And, and, uh, but uh, soon, and very soon... I, he got a hold of me in such a good way because I realized that, no, I have to do what he wants to do. I can't, I can't just do anything I want to do. I have to do what he wants to do. But he led me in, um, you know, like it says in, in the word here, in the smooth path, the smooth path, because even though the, the ministry was difficult to look all that, that way as I look back on it, all thing, it, it all happened. It was all possible. It was possible to, to learn the language, live there among the people, preach the gospel, see seven churches planted in 14 years, raise a family out there. My wife uh, taught the kids for, at home, you know, for that time and, and uh, did things that she was, had no experience in whatsoever. 
We were miles away from help, of any of real help, and we had a radio, but you know, how good is that? When it works, it's wonderful. <laughs> Sometimes it didn't work. But, um, but the Lord was good, so good during those years, and it was, the, it was him watching over us. So I, uh, I, I want to uh, say that uh, over the years, uh, that, that time in Kenya really gave me an opportunity to, be, uh, to grow in faith. By the time it was time for us to move on to Thailand, which we did for two reasons. Everyone asked, why did you leave a fruitful ministry among the nomads? Well, we had planted 14 churches, uh, seven churches, and they were all doing very, very well, but it's time for leadership training, which, which we could do. But at that time, we felt more like we should move on and, and open up new territory and go. And the Lord was leading us our, on, the other, on, the, on the more earthly reasons, which are also very important. Uh, our kids needed a real school, and didn't want to be separated from mother and father and a boarding school situation. So our mission at that time, which was CMF, um, asked us if we'd consider Bangkok, Thailand. And we did. And uh, we went there and the Lord um, uh, you know, just confirmed in our hearts that this was the next place for us. So, so our ministry in, in Thailand was uh, to plant churches at first. And then we realized after a short while that there were so many churches there and they were very small, and the pastors struggling, and didn't have resources, didn't didn't really, you know, just didn't have vision. I guess I remember the meeting the first pastor in the city of Padia, his small church there. I went to his church. He asked me to speak, and on the wall he had a big, big mural, and it was his five-year plan for his his church. And on that that thing, very clearly, they expect to lead five people to Christ in five years and increase their number from 25 to 30. That was the vision. I go, oh. <laughs> then <laughs> I wasn't used to that at all when I had seen so many come to the Lord in Turkana and seen the churches come up there. And I just said, well, okay, we're going to pray. <laughs> and we're going to see what God would do. But we really felt that our, our help could be an encouragement to them and we would share things about Kenya with the pastors there, and they were greatly encouraged by it. So, but that, uh, that opened up the ministry in Padia to us. We saw, um, had a, a very amazing breakthrough in around the year 2004, and uh, saw a, a number of women leave the bars. I think you all know Padia is not, not the place. I don't even want to show so many pictures of it, but it's a really dark city. Uh, was a dark city, uh, now is an empty city, <laughs> but uh, that city uh, was the Lord's uh, heart just went out to the people there. And uh, like any place where there is so much sin, I mean, this is not Sin City, this is uh, way beyond Sin City, this, is, this has other names for it, which I won't mention, but, uh, but the Lord loved the people and saw the suffering, the suffering in sin. You know, that's another interesting thing. People can actually sin so badly that they can suffer so much more. Than, and it, I think, I don't know what your experience is, but I just see that when that happens, the Lord says, hey, and, and it got a hold of us too, is that this isn't right. This is not, this is not right. It should, this should not be on the earth. What we're seeing with our eyes should not be here on the earth. 
And so our, all of our prayers are in that direction. Like, no, we're not, we're not just going to go out and hunt for a few people to believe in Jesus. Lord, we want to see this city change. We want to see your kingdom come here. We want to see people really experience your love versus this perverted thing they call love over here. And uh, at that time, then, we, uh, the Lord granted us uh, a real breakthrough. And I won't go into all the details. It would be too many to share today, but... But uh, we ended up seeing uh, uh, nearly uh, 200 women come out of the bars in, in a two-day period, basically. And it continued to go on and on and on. And we started a little fellowship there, which went on. She envisioned to last for six months to be a, a step before a, starting a church. And that lasted like 12 years. <laughs> so, and, and Steve and Ambika were there. And Mario, and you've seen, seen what we're talking about. Well, <clears throat> that, um, that breakthrough in that, uh, in that city just continued to give us faith. And it sent word around Thailand, too. And we continued to pray. And we said, Lord, if, if, uh, if this can happen in Thailand, it can definitely happen in the other cities of Thailand. And so in our prayers in those days, along with the other church leaders and, and ministries there, was this. We said, Lord, we want to see the bars emptied out. We want to see new things come, new things happen here and so forth. And so uh, the Lord blessed us with uh, uh, ministry, cooperation, prayer together, worship together, things that we could see uh, help to bring uh, an end to that in the city. Did we see the result right away? No. <laughs> Do not, like it says here, I would have lost heart if I had not believed <laughs> that I would see the goodness None ever occurred to me in all that time that, um, that waiting upon the Lord is really the best thing for him to, for us to wait, pray, and wait for what he's going to do. So today I want to share, pick up the story a little bit more now and talk to you about the next things. There, because during all those years, from 2004 up to present time, um, we've seen a number of people leave the bars, we've seen the women's lives transformed. They've turned into amazing, amazing ministers of the gospel. I mean, they go in, they go over places to uh, share the gospel without fear. Uh, they uh, know the word of God very well, uh, better than me, I think, sometimes. <laughs> they they uh, completely uh, will, not, uh, re- not, will not back down against any, any evil in that city anymore because they were held by it. They were trapped by it. And they know now they've defeated the enemy through Christ. Through Christ Jesus. He's the strong one. Oh boy, he is strong. So, <clears throat> uh, if we could have the first slide. Tom and Jing, I think, were uh, some of our first... Uh, I mean, we, we opened up a children's center in 2000 and, uh, late 2013, 2014, on up to 2020 in Pati, and it's still going, but we moved it to a different location. But Tom and Jing were with us all those years, and they come from this place you're seeing. Uh, you, you can't see it very well there. So you can see Laos and Burma and Thailand and Vietnam. Uh, I've labeled them there. But just above Thailand, you see our little red circle. If we could have the next slide... Then, yeah, this is a, a place called Bengan. It's right on the Laotian border, right up in the very far corner of Thailand. And it is the, uh, I want to say the 77th province, uh, new province of Thailand. 
And uh, so um, they uh, have opened the place up. Uh, many poor farming families up there, they were rice growers, and there was a lot of difficulty in the past with that um, financially. And many of them turned their fields from rice into rubber tree plantations. So there's a little more profit there. Uh, they were, because of all the, I don't know what you call it, the government intervention. I don't want to say that word, but it's true. They, there was so much that they did, it kind of took their profits away. And so uh, Tom and Jing, this is where Tom comes from. Jing comes from, if we could have the next slide. Uh, Jing is from Burma, and Tom is uh, from this area, Pangan, and their kids Nemo there and little uh, Joshua, who they've adopted, um, are left Padia this year in March and moved up to that place there in Pangan. And uh, earlier we had visited there and we had a chance to uh, talk to, to his, uh, Tom's family, visit a few villages. I went and spoke with a few of the pastors there and asked, could we have a pastor's conference? We want to get to know everybody. We want to find out what you're doing, what we can do to help and so forth. And uh, so we, we, we did all the, the groundwork. And then um, we were supposed to go again this year. I was supposed to go with them, actually, but because of the dread disease on the land, we were unable to go to go there, but um, Tom and, uh, and Jing, I've just found an amazing new ministry up there. Next slide. Uh, they uh, opened up uh, within months uh, what we call the Sunshine Center, and uh, they've already made a logo there. They, what they learned in Padia has given them faith for a bigger thing. <laughs> we go, oh my goodness, you guys have taken on a big chunk. Said, no, no, we're going to go to the villages. We're going to go where they're... And what's the first thing they do? Next slide is they start a children's uh, center right away. And that was, I said, that, that's absolutely of the Lord because when the children come and start learning about the Lord, then you have the opportunity to visit their homes and talk to their parents. So a whole strategy has been lined out. They're doing what they're so good at. And they, it's just amazing the opportunities that have opened up to them. Next slide. And so um, they immediately have plenty of participants there. And these kids are hearing the gospel, many of them, for the very first time. So this is very, very wonderful opportunity, a good thing for the future. Next slide. Um, <clears throat> but Tom also takes these opportunities to go. Now, the whole North, this whole area is not, there's no cities, there's no big tall buildings. There is up near the Laotian border, I think there's a few hotels there and Nice, but the, the most of the, the province is like this. Little small towns and villages spread across the land. And people there who have not heard of Jesus Christ. It's so amazing. But he goes there and uh, explains things to them and tells them about the Lord. And he says, Randy, you won't believe the receptivity. I said, why didn't we do this before? I said, well, it wasn't the Lord's time. It is now. <laughs> but but, but he's, he's just seeing that people are ready to receive the Lord. Next slide, slide please. And uh, yeah, even young. We're not just, it's not just older people, it's not just children, but even, even people of all ages. Next slide, please. And uh, one of the interesting things that Tom finds from these people is, and he learned this, he said, said Tom, I want to be a Christian, but do you have a church? And they're talking about a, a building. He's not talking about a building, but... They are, and they said, no, not yet, but we're, we will someday. 
And uh, he said, because I want to be a Christian, but I don't, if I do, I, and I, in heaven's what you tell me, there's a heaven, and I want to go there when I die, and I do not want to die and be buried in, in, in a temple, in a Buddhist temple. So if you have a church, you know, and it's interesting, I mean, is this is the strategy, this is the thing that is so important to the people. We, we never think, we don't think about these things. But the Lord revealed to, to, to Tom that there, there's so many that will come to the Lord simply on the fact that you have a church that when they die, they'll have a funeral service there and they will be buried somewhere with a cross. I mean, goodness sakes, uh, isn't that amazing? I just, you'd never think about these things, but this is what the Lord re- revealed. Next slide. So now, uh, starting uh, little Bible studies and things with older, the older like to be together, the younger like to be together, and then there's times, next slide, where, where we get all together, and uh, next slide, um, just these little churches, you know, rising up in homes like this now, and uh, uh, I'm just blown away, I'm just undone, because I just can't believe that this was all available up in this area for so long, and that others have not come, now, yes, there are a few churches sprinkled about, but they're they're few and far between, and yet here is a, a big portion of the population of Thailand very open to the gospel. And uh, we've seen another, um, up in, not in this area, but up in the northeast as well, another ministry, um, an indigenous church has actually risen up, and that's always a scary term because indigenous might mean that they're not following the Bible. So, but it comes from missionary work of many years ago, and uh, they, do, they, do, they do have the Bible, they believe in every word of it, and they believe in discipleship. Well, they just baptized 1,400 here recently, all at once, <laughs> in a lake. I should have brought the picture, but they, uh, um, they're really going for it. So this is all good news. This is exciting. This is not the Thailand of the past. This isn't the Thailand of the time that we went there. This is a new Thailand. Something wonderful is taking place. Something's going on. Next slide, please. All right, so um, to, I want to move on because we've got three other areas to cover here. But, but I want to say this about, uh, before we go into Kenya, about this area, that we truly believe that we're going to see a great breakthrough. And we've just received word, too, that the schools are open to us now. They want to have English classes and stuff. So just as we've done before in other parts, this, again, brings goodwill. It brings chances to share the gospel. It helps us to even touch more lives. The schools are fairly good size and all ages, and we can come in for a couple days anyway and uh, sh- uh, share the gospel fairly openly now. It's not, uh, we're not prohibited. So we are very interested in that again. And think about it, Grace Bible, you could send a team. <laughs> and you did before, but we're going we're gonna to have it. We're going to go up to this place. This is going to even be more exciting than the last. And uh, uh, so anyway, I want to move on because there are time, but... Um, so keep praying for Thailand. We, um, we're hopefully, hopefully going back after my knee surgery in December, uh, be back on my feet and, um, and uh, continue on with our work there. I'll share more. I'll come back to Thailand again, but we'll, we'll focus on Padia. But I want to talk about Kenya because I'm also very excited about what's going on in this place as well. So can we have the next slide, please? I, I think you know kind of the area where this is where we used to live and work for, uh, from 79 to 93. And um, out there where that big white patch is, that's uh, 
the central Turkana, a very, very hot, dry desert region. And um, that's the area where we lived and planted churches. And so we know the people in this area for many, many years now. But over the years, especially from 2011 up to, up to now, they've been having one famine after another. And uh, uh, very, very severe famines and so forth. And we've had to send food over. We've taken food. We've done all kinds of food relief there. But now... Um, we have uh, this breakthrough now with finding water there. So next slide. So if you recall, we, uh, um, we had this amazing water find there that was uh, discovered in uh, 2013. Um, by, uh, and it came out on the British uh, newspaper. Uh, BBC reported it, saying, Water found in Kenya, the, up in the northwest corner. Uh, enough water, underground water aquifers, enough water for Kenya for 70 years. Oh, my goodness. I mean, how that was shocking news because that particular region is so dry and uh, the people are so poor and hungry. And I remember that through the years we had tribal reconciliation we were working with for the whole first decade of 2000 where literally we were helping to facilitate um, and be there. Many times I got a chance to actually be there during these times where five different tribal groups just as a regular basis would go and steal each other's animals back and forth across the border and innocent people get killed. And so it was a terrible thing and it got really, really bad around the first, uh, uh, around 2002, 2003 and onwards. And so uh, the government got involved. They tried to stop it. They brought in organizations and lots of money. They had restitution of animals. They were buying and giving back and forth. Here, I'll give you your animals back. Just don't fight anymore. <laughs> you know, and, and it didn't work. And they were frustrated. And then, uh, then we, as a church, began to pray. And we had our times to pray together uh, and, and pastors together and they had a wonderful time uh, just, just saying, you know, brothers, the Lord did not give us this land for us to fight over this, nor should it be with uh, the people that we fight with. He said, it's one thing for us to be together because we love one another, and even though we're different denominations, we've got all these different ways that we, we do, but the truth is we need to go and love our enemies. How do we do that, you know? And... Uh, and no one really had a plan other than the fact that uh, we prayed. And six months later, a meeting was scheduled. And five different tribal groups showed up in the town of Lodwar, in the center of Turkana. And I remember that meeting so well. And uh, we had uh, Pokot and Toposa, Karamojung, Samburu, and Turkana. That represented Sudan, Uganda, and Kenya. And uh, the Pokot and the Turkana were the ones that were fighting the most, but the others had lots of problems as well. And came together and uh, confessed our sins to one another and asked each other for forgiveness and then and laid down weapons. I mean, that's, that's just basically what we did. Prayed together and said, this, this has got to come to an end. Lord, forgive us. This has got to stop. And uh, boy, I tell you, from that day forward, uh, the fighting came to an end. We just got word from 2015 now, there's been no fight, no border uh, raiding from 2015 onward. 
the borders which were closed, the roads and all those going into the area have been opened now, allowing for cross-border trading. So the Turkana have meat and that for animals, and the other tribes have mountains where they have fruits and vegetables and things and produce, and they, they can trade now. And that was all cut off when the fighting. The reason why the fighting is because the borders were lush with grass for the animals, because no one would go there. Why? Because you're going to be raided if you do. So now all of that's open, and everybody's doing very well. Um, of course, you heard about the oil find years ago, a, a year before the water was uh, found, and that's going well. And people are 20% of the oil revenues are going up to the district. So we see a transformation going on of the whole region, and uh, bless the Lord. So, but still, here in this place that I was showing you, in the center of Turkana, we needed water. Well, because of the grace of the Lord and seeing the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, we found water 78 meters deep, 20,000 20, liters an hour in a well there that's enough for farming in a place that had to be found, had to be found right there because there's only one place where the soil's good enough that if there's water, it will grow because the rest of it, they cannot. So next slide, please. And we had our first demonstration farm. We, uh, it was wonderful. We used drip irrigation. Next slide. And here's an aerial shot by drone <laughs> of the little demonstration farm. Now, you guys helped with this. So I want you also to look at these people here also received a lot of your food for, uh, for famine relief as well. But here's the interesting thing. We were just there, and this is why we didn't make it back to Thailand. We were in Kenya when everything was coming down in March. And uh, we were there uh, to, to look into expanding the farm. And the demonstration farm is in its second cycle now. It planted, they harvest, now they planted it again. Meanwhile, the Lord added even greater. <laughs> he caused it to rain in this area which is not characteristic. It, they said, oh yeah, maybe every 10 years. You know, that's, that's their thinking. But it rained and it rained in this area. And the people said, well, thank you for the demonstration plot. Now we know we can grow, but we're going to take this a little higher. <laughs> and they went out and planted, as you can see in this picture, the vastness of what is there, the bigger, the bigger vision the Lord says, no, that's great. This is what you're going to do in the future. It's going to be watered. You're going to have water now, and you're going to have food, and you're not going to go hungry anymore. <laughs> Next slide, please. So it has just been a miraculous uh, water find at the edge of the, where the good soil is, and yet the Lord did even greater beyond, our, beyond measure to show us what the potential could really be and how far we could go. Next slide, and so we have crops uh, galore there. Now, we had a few challenges, too. This has been an unusual year for us as well, even in these places. Lord, what are you doing on the earth? We're just seeing so many things happen. We're having riots, and not riots, but protests in Bangkok, you know, as well. Uh, next slide, please. Um, yeah, you know, big dust storms coming down from the north. Now, we had these when we lived there, too, but they weren't very often, but they had several of these. Next slide, please. And the worst thing, locusts. Locusts. Lord, are you judging this now? <laughs> Lord, what is this? Are we having, are we in Egypt again? <laughs> you know? But here, here it is. Um, 
Yeah, we didn't think that this would come to Turkana. We said, how are they going to get across that desert? They've got to have food, and they've got to have water, and that place is so dry, but they made it anyway. And uh, maybe they came up the highway, I don't know, but they, they, they ended up, so there's no planting to be done. Fortunately, I got the harvest that you saw there, but there was no way to replant in the, in the demo garden. Next slide. So... The good thing is, is the people are greatly encouraged. Uh, this is one of the pastors. His name is Boniface. Uh, great guy. Really loves the Lord. But as he says too, he says, you know, our, our people are hungry, not just food, but also spiritually. And uh, the distances are far. You know, there is a church there. There's many churches all over, and they do pretty well. But the truth is, there's still, we still are seeing maybe about 40% of the tribe that is unreached. So we still want to see more, and so do the pastors. And so we're looking at all different kinds of ideas. We're excited. The people are interested in it. We're looking at all kinds of discipleship programs that can be multiplied and all different kinds of things. But uh, again, I want to encourage you to pray about coming to there as well. Uh, the pastors, in the past, I would say there was some interest in having teaching and growing in their theology or growing in their understanding of the Word of God, but but honestly, um, now they go, they just love it. And, and, you know, I used to teach maybe a day or two. Now they said, no, that's not long enough. We want seven days, Randy, next time. And if you can't do it, bring somebody with you. And I said, okay. No, I, I would, I've done a lot, but I, I can't do it all. I mean, I, I get so, when I'm visiting there, and in, we are there, we're so busy with so many different things. We have uh, children in scholarship programs as well, and quite a variety of things, so... I like taking a team in there, and everybody can do something to help out. But it encourages the hearts of the people. Next slide. Yeah, even the, uh, uh, the older men, too, are greatly, greatly interested in the Lord. Next slide. And the churches, the churches uh, this is you know, one of several small buildings. This one actually has walls. Uh, many of them just have a roof. Many of them just meet out under a tree. But ultimately, they, uh, the church is spread out throughout the place um, in all of these locations and even in the little town of Lodwar. Uh, we're going to do some, some good teaching, Bible teaching and discipleship training and then get a program started. Next slide. So that's Lodwar, the little town of Lodwar, which was the only town the whole time we were there. It's where we got fuel from uh, and food a little bit, uh, not much. <laughs> But it has grown over the years since the oil and the water find. It was before that around three to 5,000 people. They, they estimate about almost 100,000 now. This city is just... And this is, out, as you saw on the slide, it is out in the middle of the desert. There's, there's nothing after you leave this town for a long, long ways. So um, the Lord's up to something wonderful, and we are agreeing with him. They're just uh, agreeing with him in what he wants to do. But there's 17 new churches just in the town alone, which is really great. But unfortunately, they, they're not all really mobilized to go out uh, and reach the population. And so, uh, again, once again, it's a, it's a great place to, uh, to launch out new ministry from. Okay. All right. So, let's, uh, let's move on now to... Another interesting place here, and um, which is uh, Padia True Friends Center. This is uh, from the time that we 
you guys had come out. We had the children's center there, and uh, we were had not so many people coming, but we had we were reaching out to the poor, and had children's uh, programs still going on, and um, we decided to open up our our outreach again called True Friends Center, and we gave that a, a try for about a year, and. Uh, uh, we just couldn't get the partnership we really needed. We wanted to work together with existing Thai churches and ministries, but they were already so caught up in their other things that we were still not getting to the center, uh, to the, the real deepest area of the city. And, and we always wanted a facility that would reach right there. We could be there close by, not off to the side somewhere, not out of the city somewhere, but right in the center where we could have a ongoing outreach that would just continued on. So, um, next slide, please. So, uh, I mentioned in my newsletter about Phone. Phone is pictured here. This is her beauty shop. She uh, um, started this all on her own. She became a Christian in 2005. So, she uh, uh, has, and, and really was our most faithful attender and 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 member of the True Friend Fellowship throughout all those years, and uh, really poured herself into it. And she was brokenhearted when we had to shut down our second attempt to get it going again. And so she, she started this beauty shop as an outreach. Next, next slide. Well, the scripture there is Romans uh, 5.8. Um, I'll read it to you because I think it's what she put on the door is really great. And you, I don't know if you can read it from there, but God... Uh, demonstrates his own love towards us in that while he, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And uh, that's a bold statement in this city. So inside her little place, she started seeing uh, late last year, late uh, 2019, around October, November, October, started seeing women just coming in and wanting to know about Jesus Christ. I mean, it was literally like that. I mean, she had her beauty salon, but she says, Randy, I don't know what's gone because I've, I've always hoped to see this, but I've never seen so many that are hungry for something more in life. And I, I said, phone, we've been praying about this for 20 years. <laughs> we have to, you know, that's a wonderful answer to prayer. We, we don't know the reasons why, and don't, we don't need to worry about that now, but let's see what we can do. And she said, okay, so the place is packed. We need more room. And Tom and Jing came to us and phone. And they said, Randy, look, we've got to start up True Friends Center again. We've got a place in mind. Phone wants to use it for her place so she can expand her ministry. Can we partner together with her and her True Love Beauty Shop with True Friend Fellowship? And so we did. And we call it True Friends Center now. Next slide. And so now we've got... <laughs> And immediately, uh, we had a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to expand the ministry right there. And so, uh, so, all right, so let's fast forward a little bit. That's late last year, early in the year 2020. Okay, now go ahead, next slide. And uh, Walking Street, because of the COVID outbreak, just was emptied out. In fact, all of Padilla, even up to now, is a ghost town. Go back to our prayer <laughs> with the path that the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? <laughs> um, but there it is. Now, we did never envision to see empty bar stools because most, most of those bars and most of those stools have men and women there day and night all year long. 
And this, when we saw this picture, not our own picture, but we borrowed it, but, but when we saw this, we said, Lord, that, thank you, Lord. And we could just do nothing but praise the Lord because we're sad, yeah, in some ways uh, that people uh, were, you know, they locked the city down. No one could leave the city. Uh, during the COVID. I mean, go in or out. And so, and that was through, true throughout Thailand. If you're in a city, you couldn't go to the provinces. Well, most people have family up in the province areas, and especially in Padilla. So suddenly, you can imagine this, that you're making money day by day, and not in a good way, but suddenly it stops. The places are closed. You have no more income. And now you're hungry. <laughs> Next slide. So our center now became a place where we were doing famine relief, again, <laughs> giving out food. So grace, wonderful. I mean, no, it's not a good reason, but in a sense, it gives a great opportunity for people to, to hear the gospel and to receive the love. You know, it's not the food, it's the love behind the food. You know, anybody can give food away, but there's a difference when Christians give out food. You know, even if you don't say a word, although they do, it's, it's given in a whole different way. And so, next slide. And so now, in our services, we have also now have men. Uh, because if you think about it, the city had uh, vendors and motorcycle taxis. Well, you saw them there. I mean, the city was just active. So many different things. You can imagine suddenly all those jobs lost just like overnight, practically. And so from people getting in touch with our center and, and the, the outreach, the group that's there, that's, uh, our team that's working there, uh, have been able to really get an opportunity to share the love of God with so many people from so many different walks of life. Not all bad, not all, not all doing bad things in that city, but people that just plain could not, uh, don't have an income, don't even have, they can't pay the rent anymore or whatever facility they had there. And uh, now uh, coming for, uh, for help. And so not just food uh, giveaways, but also meals are being prepared there and, and given away on a daily basis. So we're so excited about that. Um, we, right after the shutdown, the women that were already there um, were so, you know, were there for about a month's time. And then they opened it back up and they immediately left the province. And I remember phone writing and said, Randy, the center is empty. There is nobody here anymore. They have all gone back to the province. And just a few days later, another email came to Randy. The Lord has brought 40 new people back into the center, but they're not all from the bar. I said, what happened? And she said, well, uh, I don't know either, but suddenly we have people coming here regularly. We have a weekly Bible study and uh, outreach and, and uh, worship time. And uh, it's all different people, and uh, the Lord just immediately brought in people. So we're very excited about this. All of our friends tell us to, and the churches that we've served and worked with are saying, Randy, the growth of the church now is, is amazing. You won't believe how people are coming to the Lord. It's no more five people in five years, one per year. It's like almost like one per week, or maybe more, you know. And uh, this is exciting news for a country like this that's been so um, locked down. And so, you know, I, we, we, we are experiencing that to a degree here. It is not pleasant. But can you, what if you were spiritually locked down? You know, spiritually locked down. You weren't allowed to, to really get to know 
uh, Christians, and you were told from the time you were young that Christianity is evil. You know, in which case, many, this is the case, and it's caused a great resistance to the gospel in Thailand. And, uh, but the people are just wonderful. Their hearts are just like gold. And then when you meet them and talk to them, you share, share the gospel with them, and they suddenly go, you know, I didn't know any of these things before. I've never looked at Christianity this way. I didn't know about, so there's a Father in heaven who loves us, and that you can pray and that he sent his son and all of these things. And uh, there's plenty of time now. It's not like hurry, hurry, share the word of God and run on. Now is plenty of time to really get in and talk to people. And they are, have plenty of time to listen and understand and take the time to believe in Jesus. So we're very excited about what God is doing there. Uh, next slide. I think we're, yeah. So now the center is really doing well, and we're believing for more. <laughs> we believe God's going to do more. Okay, next slide. I think this is about, that's it. Okay. Well, <laughs> I don't know where to end this, but um, I just, that's, that's the word, praise God. I mean, there, there's nothing more that you can say truthfully than what the Lord has done, and uh, I, I hope in the end, really, that um, for me, in Edie, and all of you here, let's believe for Thailand. Let's believe that this wonderful nation of 68 million people will have an amazing church growth, unparalleled in anywhere in Southeast Asia, that we're going to see people coming to the Lord. You know, the people are pro- protesting there over uh, an issue uh, with uh, the um, leadership of the country. I won't go into a lot of detail, but uh, with the leadership of the country, and it's because they 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 don't feel like they uh, understand certain things that have happened, so they're very confused, and they want answers to the thing. This answers when somebody's confused and needs answer, I call that hunger, <laughs> and I call that hunger. That may, in my estimation, only God's going to be able to fulfill this hunger. And I'm believing for that for Thailand. and believe that we're going to have an opportunity in a greater way to share the gospel there like never before. So I'm going to stop there. Um, and I'll be around. Edie will be here too. We can have some question and answer too uh, with everyone as well. So let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness to us all, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you brought us together. We thank you, Father, that you have put before us the lost and the needy and the hungry, Lord, and the people in this world, Father. I thank you, Lord, that Grace Bible has responded, Lord, and are a part of it, Lord Jesus, and are continue to serve your needs, Father, both here and around the world. And we thank you for them, Lord. And we thank you, Father, for the days ahead. May we see even a greater harvest in the days ahead, Lord. May we see men, women, and children come to know you in Thailand. In Jesus' name, amen.